Now, let's talk about Anchor for a second. It's probably the easiest way to make a podcast. One of the biggest reasons being it's completely free. Anchor has built-in tools to let you record and edit a podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so people can listen to your podcast on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Best of all, you can even make money from your podcast with recorded ads that you can choose to put in your podcast episodes, just like this one you're listening to right now. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to Hockey Talk, giving you up-to-date news from around the NHL. Now today, I'm going to be talking about the upcoming unrestricted free agent class. Now what I did was I took the top five potential free agents from each position in my opinion. So I took the top, fo- the top five forwards, the top five defensemen, and the top five goalies. But before we get into that, I just want to let you guys know that my podcast is now available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Republic, and Pocket Cast, so you can listen to the Hockey Talk podcast on any of those platforms. Now, starting off with the forwards, Taylor Hall, left wing of the Arizona Coyotes. This season, Hall had 16 goals and 36 assists for 52 points in 65 games. We know that Hall can be a 30 to 40 goal player and an 80 to 90 point guy. Hall is a pure goal scorer and having someone like that on your team is always good. I think Hall could command anywhere from seven to nine million dollars. I could see Hall staying with the Coyotes because he will play a he will definitely play a big part in their push for the playoffs. Other teams with cap space that might want to add him are the Colorado Avalanche because they were originally in the mix for trading for Hall during the regular season. And maybe if the Canadians didn't re sign Thomas Tatar, they could have cap space to sign Hall. I could see him fitting on the top line nicely with Max Domi, so that's an option. Also, I could see the Blue Jackets having some interest in Hall after losing Panarin and Duchesne to free agency last season. I think that if they have the cap space to sign him and restricted free agent Dubois, I think that um, having Hall play alongside Dubois would be a really nice combo for the Blue Jackets. But I'm not sure if they'll have the cap space to sign the restricted free agent Pierre-Luc Dubois and Taylor Hall, which I will talk about the top five restricted free agents in an upcoming episode. Now, second on my list is Mike Hoffman of the Florida Panthers. Hoffman is a great top six player that any team would love to have. Hoffman had 29 goals and 30 assists for 59 points this season. He is a consistent 20 to 30 goal scorer and 50 to 60 point guy. Hoffman is a great playmaker, but he can still score. His current contract of $5 million is a good deal for what he produces. I could see teams offering him 5 to $7 million if he hits the open market. There are a lot of question marks surrounding what Florida is going to do this offseason. I think if he hits the open market, then some teams that might have interest are the Canadians for him to slot in on the top six, like the second or third line to provide some depth. Hoffman would also fit in well with the Buffalo Sabres if they shed some cap space because the Sabres and the Panthers are in the same boat. 
where on paper their teams are really good, but um, something just doesn't click and they're not playoff teams at the moment. So if they do some retooling this season, then they could like add some more depth or add some more defense, whatever it might be that they think they need, and become a playoff team again. Now, third on the list is another Florida Panthers player, Evgeny Dadnov. Dadnov is another one of the Panthers player, but they that they might not look at resigning and using that cap for someone else. This season, he had 25 goals and 22 assists for 47 points this season. He is a consistent 20 to 30 goal guy and can produce around 60 to 70 points a season. Dadnov is great in tight and around the net and has a great net front presence. Like I said before, Dadnov is one of those players they might look to let go to use the cap space he generates for some retooling, but I don't think they will let him go. Dadnov is, I think in my opinion, one of their core players along with Barkov. So I don't think that they will trade Barkov or Dadnov or let go Dadnov because he's one of those core players. But Dadnov will most likely not be offered much more than the four million he is making. Maybe somewhere around five to six million, but I can't see anyone paying more than six million. So my final prediction is Evgeny Dadnov will just be re-signed by the Florida Panthers at around five and a half million. Now the fourth player on this list is Tyler Toffoli. In my opinion, Tyler Toffoli is a really underrated player. He's a consistent 50, 15 to 25 goal scorer and 30 to 50 point guy. While he was in LA, he didn't produce much. And I think the reason for that is the Kings, even when they won their Stanley, well, when they won their two Stanley Cups, Toffoli was still a really young player and he had just come up from the AHL. So he wasn't on the first or second line. And by the time he did make it up to the first or second line, the Kings were just not good anymore. And they didn't have anybody for Toffoli to give the puck to that could score or give Toffoli the puck so that he could get chances to score. But once he got traded to the much much better Canucks team at the deadline, he produced six goals and four assists in 10 games for 10 points in 10 games. So I think in Vancouver, he will produce more than he ever did in LA. The Canucks should definitely re-sign Toffoli because he fits in nicely on their second line and in their top six. And he will definitely help them become a playoff team once again. And I think that the Canucks should resign him to a contract around four to five and a half million per season. He definitely fits into Vancouver's top six, and there's no reason why they shouldn't resign him. Now, the fifth and final forward is Mikel Granlund of the Nashville Predators. Granlund is a very interesting player. He had tons of potential to become a top goal scorer in the NHL. It didn't work out in Nashville or Minnesota. At the moment, he is an inconsistent 15-25 to 25 goal scorer and 40-70 to 70 point guy, although he hasn't hit those markers in two seasons. I think his next contract will definitely be a one- or two-year deal so that he can pr- prove himself to any team that wants to sign him. Um, the money on his contract definitely won't be the same as the $6 million he is making now. It will most likely be only 2 to $4 million for one or two seasons so that, again, he can prove himself that he can fit in on the team and make an impact. But some teams that I could see having interest him in 
are the Sabres to try to get his scoring back up because that's one of the problems in Buffalo is that they can't score other than Jack Eichel, obviously. Um, they don't really have any scoring there. And maybe the Canadians to slot in on the second or third line to provide some depth for the Canadians because that's one thing that the Canadians lack is depth. Now, moving on to the defense. Definite, starting out is Alex Petrangelo, definitely the best defenseman in this free agent class, maybe the best player overall in this free agent class. He's the best defenseman in this free agent class. He consistently gets 10 to 15 goals and 40 to 50 points a season. He's great defensively, and he's the Blues' number one defenseman and captain. I'd be absolutely shocked if they didn't resign him. His previous cap hit of $6.5 million is a great value for what he provides. His next contract will definitely be somewhere in the range of 3 to 5 years at 6 to $9 million per season. He is the Blues' number one defenseman, and I don't think that they would ever let him go, seeing that Alex Petrangelo is the Blues' only free agent in this class, so I definitely think that they're going to want to resign him. Moving on to the second defenseman is Tori Krug of the Boston Bruins. This season, Krug had 9 goals and 40 assists for 49 points. He is a consistent 5-15 goal scorer and 40-50 point guy. Krug is just a great all-around defenseman, and he's very offensive-minded, but can be a solid defensive defenseman when need be. This offseason, Krug has to be the Bruins' first priority. He's a huge part in their defense. I do think he will stay in Boston. I don't really see him playing anywhere else. Cruz is currently making five and a half million and will demand much more money than that. And I think he deserves it. My prediction is that he will command anywhere from six to nine million and it will be tight squeezing to fit a contract like that in an already type tight cap. Now the Bruins do have to resign Krug, Chara, and Halak which will be a bit of a squeeze, but I do think that they'll get it done. And most of all, they're going to look to sign Tory Krug over both of those other players. So, But in the trade for Andre Kasha, the Bruins were able to dump the $6, the $6 million David Backus contract, which freed up some cap. So they do have a little bit of cap now to sign those three players. Now, the third defenseman, in my opinion is Tyson Berry. Berry definitely had a down season this year with just 5 goals and 34 assists for 39 points in 70 games. Berry is a solid defenseman that can produce 10 to 15 goals and 40 to 50 points in an 82 game season. I think that his down season with the Leafs will cause his contract to stay the same at around 5 to 6 million per year. I think it's very unlikely for Berry to resign with the Leafs because they do already have a really tight cap with paying $10 million to just four players, or in that case, $40 million to four players. But anyway, some teams that I can see have interest are the Florida Panthers. Like I said in the last episode, the Florida Panthers might be looking to rebuild a little bit because their core team is there, but they but something is just not working there, so they need to retool a little bit. Also, since their new goaltender, Sergei Bobrovsky, is having career-low numbers, I think that they definitely might look to add to their defense. So I think um, Tyson Berry would fit in nicely on either the first or second pairing. The fourth defenseman that I have on my list is Sammy Vatanen. Vatanen isn't the biggest guy on the ice, 
but he's definitely one of the most skilled. He doesn't produce much offense, consistently getting 5-10 to 10 goals and 20-30 to 30 points per season, but he's a great defenseman and is just 28 years old. The Hurricanes acquired Vatnin at the trade deadline, as well as other defensemen to stack up their decor, and they definitely did so. I don't see the Hurricanes resigning him because they have so many other good defensemen on their roster, and paying Vatnin 5 to $6 million per year to play on the second or third pairing just really isn't worth it. That being said, I think if Vatnin hits the open market, he could get more than his current cap hit, which is $4.8 million. I could see him commanding anywhere from 5 to $7 million per season for four or six years. The fifth and final defenseman is defenseman TJ Brody. Brody is definitely not the most offensive defenseman in this free agent period by any means, but he's still a very solid defenseman. You can count on Brody to get you 5-10 to 10 goals and 30-40 to 40 points in, in 82 games. Like the Hurricanes, the Flame have a pretty stacked decor, but Brody does play on the top pair with Giordano. That's why he doesn't get very many points. He is the more defensive defenseman to play with a super offensively minded defenseman who is Giordano. So I do expect Brody to get an extension for three or five years at five or six million dollars annually. Now, moving on to the goalies. The best goalie in this free agent class, in my opinion, is Robin Leonard. And there's no reason why the Golden Knights really shouldn't resign him, especially since Flurry, who the starter, who is a starter there, is 35 and could drop and not really be that good anymore really fast and Leonard's only 28 with the New York Islanders Leonard posted a 2.13 goals against average and a 930 save percentage yeah I know um Leonard did play with the Blackhawks in between but he really wasn't there very long and I think the Knights should give Leonard a four or five year deal worth anywhere from five to seven million dollars a year I don't think he'll hit the open market but if he does a team that is in need of a goalie like maybe San Jose, who really doesn't have anything going for them in the goalie department with two 30-year-olds and not any notable prospects, could be interested in him. If Leonard hits the open market, he could fetch up to $9 million, in my opinion. If he was to be a starter for that team and not just a backup. Now, the second goalie is Braden Holtby of the Washington Capitals. Ever since the Capitals won the Stanley Cup in 2018, Holtby's numbers have slowly gotten worse. Don't get me wrong, Holpe is still a great goalie, but he has gotten worse over the past couple years. This season in 48 games, he has posted a 3.11 goals against average and a 9.87 save percentage, which isn't really that great. I do not expect the Capitals to re-sign Holpe at all. They have their future goalie in Ilya Samsonov right now. Samsonov is expected to be the Capitals' new starter and Holpe will hit the open market this offseason because I don't see Washington pl- paying Holpe 5 to $7 million to be a backup. Being 30 and having slowly decreasing numbers, I think Holpe will get a 3 or 5 year deal at maybe 5 to $7 million. He's still a very serviceable goalie. A team that could show interest in the form of Vesna winner is the Vancouver Canucks. If they lose Markstrom the free agency, then Holtby would be a nice replacement with his veteran presence. He could guide the young Canucks team possibly deep into the playoffs. Now the third goalie on the list is Jacob Markstrom of the Vancouver Canucks. The past three seasons with Vancouver with the Vancouver Canucks have been all great seasons 
for Markstrom, proving to the NHL that he's a legitimate starter. This season, Markstrom posted a 2.75 goals against average and a 9.18 save percentage. I'd be very surprised if the Canucks didn't try and sign him to a new contract. Yes, I know they do have Thatcher Demko, but I don't think he's ready to be a starter. So if they were to give um, Markstrom an extension, it would probably be only for one or two years so that Demko can grow into a starter. If Mark if Markstrom was to hit the open market, then I then he would most likely be offered four or five years. As for his salary, he would definitely get a raise from his three million dollars to anywhere from five to nine million dollars per year. The fourth goalie on the list is Yaroslav Halak of the Boston Bruins. Halak is thirty five years old, but he's been nothing short of exceptional for the Bruins, posting a two point three nine goals against average and a nine nineteen save percentage. He's been a great backup for the Bruins. Boston is also also has to resign Charon Krug, but I fully expect them to resign Halak. As for his contract, he's thirty five years old, so I only really expect a one or two year deal at around two or three million a year. There's no reason why the Bruins shouldn't at least try and resign him. Now, the last goalie on this list is Thomas Grace. Splitting the season with Semyon Varlamov has proved to be working for everyone. The Islanders are back to being a playoff team. Varlamov has exceptional numbers, and so does Grace. Through 31 games with the Islanders this season, Grice has posted a 2.74 goals against average and a 9.13 save percentage. I don't see why the Islanders wouldn't want to bring him back. Grice being 34 years old, I don't expect a long-term contract, probably just one or two years at 3 or 4 million since he's playing more games than a backup would and splitting the season with Varlamov. I expect the Islanders to offer Grice a contract. And he should accept it because, in my opinion, if I was Grice, I wouldn't want to hit the open market because he wouldn't get a starter job or even a split season job, most likely, like he's getting in New York. So, that being said, that was the last goalie. I know it didn't last very long, but that's just like a brief um, thing on what my predictions are for the upcoming free agency period. There are a lot of question marks surrounding the rest of the NHL season, but I will let you all know if I get any updates on what's going to happen. And soon, maybe Monday or Tuesday, probably Tuesday, I will do this exact thing, but with the restricted free agents. So I'll go over um, if it's worth trying to sign them, how much they should get for their first contract, if any teams could potentially offer sheet them, and if someone else would, or if that team would match the offer. So that being said, um, I hope you liked this podcast, and hope you're all staying safe, and that's it. Bye.